Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Let's go. This intro was shot by a guy, bro. <laughs> welcome back to What's Right. If it's your first time here, welcome to What's Right. My name's Garrett. I talk every other Monday with songwriters and music industry folks. This week is my very good friend, Sarah Johnson. Sarah Johnson is a very accomplished painter, uh, as well as a very accomplished songwriter, and we caught up on her way out to West Texas. Yeah, enjoy. I appreciate it. Do water bottles bother you? No, okay. I just here. could also be the terrible like, noise. <laughs> yeah. Just do it real close. Yeah. <laughs> the Starbucks right, cup. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. hey, you could get a sponsorship from us. Uh, right. From pure FI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did um you released a single? Like an acoustic single not long ago? Mm -hmm. A live take. What was that from? It was from... So I did a EP called Stages because I went through a really hard breakup mm -hmm. and I just decided to do a release of breakup songs to sure. like get it out of the system and mm -hmm. not have to put those on the album that I knew I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so there's a song called Highway Robbery right. that I really like. Um, the other ones are like super sad, but highway <laughs> robbery was kind of a banger. And so mm -hmm. I had a sound guy to show just like push record and okay, it sounded cool. good. And so I just decided to release it. I guess I thought from the title of like what it was released, I guess I thought maybe there was like a bill with like a oh, lot yeah, of other a, ladies on it or there, something. Yeah, there was. Sorry. Okay. That was the question. So girls of DFW is an event that I throw in Dallas of all singer songwriters in Dallas that are female. Mm -hmm. And so I just put this event together so it was a bill of four females and then it's grown to be more than that since were you like an event planner like i've always that, been saying, like, like it's been a natural tendency of mine mm -hmm. and so it was like a natural thing when i first started to do music and i like started making all of these friends and connections and also realizing that dallas wasn't necessarily the best like listening room place mm -hmm. and i was getting frustrated that there wasn't a listening room environment readily available and so I decided to make one, mm -hmm. particularly highlighting all the female artists that I was meeting. Yeah, I feel like the the second or third time we hung out, it was like an event you yeah. made, yeah. like a mixer of all kinds of different all so genres. songwriters. Yeah, I met some really talented folks there that day. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, that was our Thanksgiving party. That's right. Yes. Okay, that was the Thanksgiving party. This is like, that's like three years At ago. At least, yeah. Yes. At least. That was like kind of me beginning to like take on more of like the event planner, uh -huh. let musicians meet each other things. Have you, have you known any of those folks like longer than you and I had known each other? Um, I'm trying to think of like who all was there. Kelvin was there. Kelvin I keep up with. I've known him before. Sarah was kind of a new friend. Who else was there? Um, the opera singer I have not seen since. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just faded away into yeah, obscurity. Just... Like we all will. Yeah. Sadly, I haven't seen the opera singer yet. But, I mean, a lot of the people that I even invited, I mean, that was kind of like a cool way to first connect because I wasn't, I don't know, I think you 
a lot of times when people meet musicians, they're always trying to be like, what can you do for me? Like, hey, let's, like, where should I play? What's this booker's name? Whatever. And I kind of wanted to come in the scene being like, what can I do for you? Like, let's all meet. Or like, come over to my house and let's, like, meet other musicians. Like, I just kind of wanted to, like, come in not trying to, like, ask people to do things for me. Have you done that again? Like a mixer like that? I actually haven't, but I should now that I'm thinking about it. It was so much fun. I I'll I'll think about this. House How was, to, the house was lovely. That was fun. Yeah, we should um, do it again. Yeah, like I definitely honestly when when Gage and I started working on this podcast in like October or September or so, um I just happened to go to Instagram and I I've since that night I like followed Sarah and Kelvin. Yeah. And I just randomly DM'd Kelvin. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. He was like one of the, we haven't done an episode yet, but he was like yeah. one of the first people that like got back to me and was like, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Oh, I love like, that. That would be cool. You never know what happens when you just put people in a room that yeah. all have a sem- same love. Yeah. That are creatives that want to help yeah. each other. You know I, what can happen. I think, I, th- I think about Sarah, and not in any type of weird way, like I th- just her talent and yeah. her musical mind. I think about her probably twice a month. That's since really since cool. that time we've met, I have not. It's the first and only time I've ever met her. Yeah. But I, I think about just her musical mind a lot of the times when I'm at the piano. Yeah. And I'm like working on some type of like new chord progression or something. I'm like, how could this be, for lack of a better term, what like, would Sarah do? How could this be more <laughs> Disney? Like, how yeah. could this be? Yeah. More, more. You yeah. Know? That is so cool. Man. be around other people that challenge you to think like that yeah. too or just mm-hmm. a different way mm-hmm. are you working on any songs like right now that aren't finished like currently writing something always can you talk about it yes I mean I think that's that's kind of my hope is that I'll always have something like brewing inside mm-hmm. you know and never have that like creative part of my brain or songwriting turned off um, I think what I'm I think I am writing a lot of songs right now. They're very reflective. Mm-hmm. And I've realized I I went back and listened to a lot of my songs, mm-hmm. which sometimes I don't always do. Yeah. Cause I'm like, they're out of my system. Let's That's go. fair. But I like started listening to all of them again and I realized that most of them use the you pronoun and I'm like talking to someone, right. usually an ex or a guy mm-hmm. or someone. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of my songs are like the things that I, after processing, wish I may have said in the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or, you know, like you finish a conversation and I could have said that better, yes, maybe. Yeah. yeah and I totally then, get like, that. I totally you know, get an that. hour or like two weeks later, you're like, oh, I should have said that, Gosh. you know, or even if it's like a funny thing. Yeah. But I feel like my songs are a lot of that where it's like, oh, I could have said this or this is what I really meant. Mm-hmm. Or now that I've like internally processed, this is what I wish I could say to you. Like almost like this is what I really mean. Yes. Wow. And so I think a lot of my songs at this point are a little bit more reflective. And I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, a broken heart is a broken heart. And yeah. I think it just takes time to heal and yeah. still things to process. And so some of the songs are still like addressing that mm-hmm. of, you know, things that I'm like still processing or wish I could say to him. And then other songs are also just like trying not to just be 
about even guys, like stretch sure, myself yeah. to like talk about life or yeah. talk about like growth or different things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to stretch myself to new material too. You have one of my favorite titles of a song, uh, stupid Brown couch. We've all sat on a stupid brown couch and broken up with someone or gotten broken up with. I love that title so Thank much. Thank you. That's such a cool concept. Thank you. Well, particularly, like, yeah, go ahead. I mean, no, I was just saying, like, there's so many songs, and we're never, we're not going to stop writing them about breaking up or getting, yeah. whatever. Like, there's so many songs about that, but for it to be something as specific as, like, this stupid brown couch. Yeah, I, I, I didn't lo- write I love it the, as stupid, I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I love that it's, like... Uh, two adjectives i know that's kind of that's word that's like word yeah. nerdy but like yeah. i just love that like i love that the couch was like the the Became focal the point antagonist. I, yeah, yeah i love that well it was the same couch it was like that was the couch where like we became boyfriend girlfriend. Wow. That was the couch where he told me he loved me for the first that's the time. Ca- yeah, that's the couch that's we watched movies on. Yeah, and then it's like literally that same stupid brown couch was the one where he was like my wow. you know that it ended. I I had a stupid round couch as well. <laughs> Did all those same things on a stupid round couch. Yeah. And even after the breakup, wrote a song about it all on that stupid round couch. Oh my gosh! That's and a never once moment. thought, never yeah. once thought <laughs> to bring the couch into the mix of it all. And when I saw that yeah. title, I was like, Oh my god! I'm oh, I love this song. Those. Yeah. That's so well, thank great. Thanks. That's so cool. Yeah, the nitty gritty. Just it's, sometimes it's like it's actually sometimes crazier the more specific you can get in your Mm -hmm. songwriting how almost universal it becomes because like you know it might be a stupid brown couch for me but like you said it's like it really struck yeah you know or someone will think of their like park bench or their you know doorstep whatever it was yeah oh my gosh i love that so much like um do do you ever write from like a fictional place ever or is it like always I should have done this, or I meant to say this, so I'm going to say it now. Is like always that? Uh, majority, but actually, and I don't know whether this is going to like kill anyone's dreams of this song, but Red Bandana is actually pretty fictional. Really? There was a... I mean, I did go to Montana, mm-hmm. and I'll tell this to anyone at my shows. Like, sure. I put on Bumble in rural Montana. Yeah. I started going on like all these dates, which was really fun. Yeah. Had a great time. But then when I came home, I was like, oh, that's a song. Like, City Girl Goes to the Mountains meets the love of her life, or at least, like, the love of her summer. Right. And as all really, really, you know, intellectual and smart and complicated songwriters do, you just you think of your... Yeah, you lie. <laughs> you just... Well, I, like, thought of, like, okay, it has to have Montana in it. Right. And then I started going through the alphabet to, like, be what like, what rhymes around? with Montana? And I didn't get very far because it was, like... Anna, but been bandana, yeah. and then it was like this whole story unfolded. But it's cool to kind of look back on like my biggest songwriting influences, mm-hmm. because like one, the first song that I ever heard that like I was watching like a movie in my head was Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Wow! And I just remember my dad being so excited about this song. He drove us to carpool every day, and he'd like have a new song for us to listen to. And he was like, listen to the lyrics. Like, so he's telling a story. Like, this is really cool. Like, you are, you are like, hearing this whole story. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the first time that I had ever heard such a cool story. And that's not fictional, but, like, heard a story just very literally, but, like, in chronological right. order. Right. Be told through music. How old were you in that moment? That would have been fourth or fifth grade. Wow. And then... Traveling Soldier by, yeah. uh, well, Bruce I know Robinson. Bruce, yes, and then the, the chicks, chicks covered too, it. Yeah. And then that was a song where it's like, oh my gosh, like you're you're going through this 
journey with this person. So when I had that like Montana bandana click, mm-hmm. I like that song flowed so magically. Yeah. And as much as it would be like amazing to have like a rodeo man in Montana, that actually was like pretty fictional. Although right. there is a ski- and would kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a ski bum that it's like inspired from. You know, Not I get yet. to ski on the mountain for free every year. Cause wow, he, he knows. He knows that he was like the impetus. No way. So that is too cool. <laughs> the only thing I have remotely close to that is all close to that at all is. Uh, there's a snow cone stand right down the street, <laughs> yes. and uh, Gage and I went up there one time, and I played Adam Carroll's uh, "Snow Cone Man." You ever heard that oh, song? Oh, nice! It's like uh, I don't know. It's just it's a hilarious song, and I went up there and I played it, and it like it didn't go viral, but everyone in town shared it. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I get free yellow snow cones. That's <laughs> you know, whenever I want to get artists have got to like get their perks where we can get them. <laughs> yeah, that's my only perk. Yeah, I would rather that than a Grammy. Not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Snow cones for life is is a pretty good mm-hmm. prize for some creativity. When, when did you find like? Were there people around you when you were that young that were playing instruments or writing songs? So, not particularly yeah. in like the way that you'd think. Like you know, oh, I grew up in like a family of musicians. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Yeah. Um, but like with my dad having this great musical taste. Mm-hmm. And then what's funny, though, Garrett, is, like, my mom wrote basically jingles about everything. Like, we would set like the table. Yeah, like, here's how we set the table. Little fork, big fork, knife and spoon. This is the way we set the table in the Johnson dining room. Yeah! Like, look to the left, look to the right, no cars coming, so it's all right. It was, like, everything in my life, like, went Bro. with a rhyme. And so, like There's, still to yeah, this day, you're definitely pulling something from that. Yes, hundred percent. So it's like literally like as my brain is forming, it's like oh you like write songs or you like write little riffs for whatever you're doing, and like this Dude. is how we go through life. And like still to this day, my mom will be like, like we have now I have nieces and nephews, and she'll just like make up songs for them on the spot. It's like okay, this has been ingrained in me forever. Wow, but. Do you think she had like a calling in that realm and just like completely just was like, ah, it's, nah, I'm not doing no, that. No, I think I love my mom yeah. and she sings heartily, but she like, you know, that was never her calling to be sure, a singer, sure, sure. but she definitely is like a wordsmith. That is know? so funny. But I I come from a, on both sides of my family. There's a lot of musicians, but I've, I've I think I'm the only one that ever started writing yeah. stuff. I'm, I know some of that had to do with moving to Texas and really? just like be meeting people that are like, yeah, I write songs. I'm just like, you could just make that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can just make one. Did you have anything that you feel like was like from the start, like the like little seeds that like when you did move to Texas, there were things that were like, you know, ingrained in you. I will say like, even before I moved to Texas, like my love of performing yeah, and just being like, Hello. That thing in me was yeah. like all burning, like yeah. already. So and, you just found an outlet for it. Yeah. And and I loved instruments. I always had instruments around the house. And so like my love of that was always there. I think I just didn't really I don't think I knew that you could just make a song. Mm-hmm. And I think it just took meeting a few people that were like that had their own binder of their own songs. It was like, wow, I could just yeah, I don't have to learn Kenny Chesney songs. Like, yeah. I just make a song. Yeah. That was probably, like, the biggest 
I don't even know if that was really your question, but that was like probably no, no. The, bi- the biggest moment in my youth as far as like, that's put me on a trajectory of like sitting here and talking to you about songs. Yeah. It was like moving to Texas and meeting people that did that. Do you remember your first song that you wrote? Like, could you sing? The first song, I, wrote, I remember writing songs as a kid. Yeah. I just wasn't, I wasn't in my mind like, I'm a songwriter. Yeah. I, but I did, I remember, I jotted things down all the time as a kid. The first one I remember, the first guitar I got was from Cracker Barrel. And That's so great. Yeah, I mean, I was like young, young, young. Yeah. And I was, I was on my uh, great-grandmother's front porch, and I tried my best to write a song called Chocolate Milk Cow. Which kind of to, even today sounds like a song that I would put. That I would, sounds like stupid brown couch. Oh, <laughs> that's the rhyme. Chocolate brown couch. Yeah, that's the first. I mean, yeah, and that's like that's not a far fetched title from something that I would write yeah, today, yeah. honestly. Because I definitely, I, I remember um, getting into independent songwriters and stuff, like just like being in Texas and and learning about all these great writers that I just wasn't i just wasn't aware of yeah and uh and so that sent me down a path of like really getting trying to be serious you know Mm -hmm. which i'm not a serious dude really but i took music really seriously and so i felt like my songwriting needed to be serious but i don't really feel that way now i have a bunch of funny songs now but i feel like whatever that is that was kind of in me in the beginning yeah being kind of light-hearted and just just using words for like play it's Mm -hmm. like word play Mm -hmm. rather than like Rather than like expression, yeah, per se, and yeah. so like na- now I feel like I use it f- to express. Yeah, I learned how to. I learned that that is how I can express. Yeah, but I still like, I still like being, you know, cheeky. Yeah, even in my now I've kind of I guess I've learned now how to like do both at the same time. Yeah, like be use words as wordplay and maybe be on the surface seem very lighthearted, but I'm actually expressing something I truly mean. Yeah. And so like, you know, that's like learning about like satire, basically. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up loving parody movies. I know that's a weird thing, but I, I think that has something to do with like my writing style sometimes, especially when I'm writing country music, yeah. especially if it's like a funny country song. Uh-huh. It's like, yes, these are there are punchlines in this verse, but like I was really upset about something, which has led me to say this. Yeah, you know? yeah. I have you know I have a I have a song that I wrote after they let Morgan Wallen play at the Grand Ole Opry. It's like the day after Charlie Pride Day. It really pissed me off that yeah. they did that, and so I wrote a song called Nashville's My Favorite N Word. Mm-hmm. And it's like on the surface, it's like this is yeah. just a cheeky thing yeah. happening. But the and, iceberg of emotion. But, yeah, underneath exactly. Like it. underneath it is like yeah. I fucking hate what's going on. Yeah. I hate what's going on. Yeah. And I want you to know. Yeah. I want you to know I want to bring to light this thing that's maybe being ignored. Yeah. You know? This episode of What's Right is brought to you by Andor Peppers. Andor Peppers is family owned and operated. They have small batch fermented hot sauces and smoked spice mixes. From garden to bottle to table. They have physical locations in West Virginia and Florida. If you can't find them there, if you're not around, you can go to andorpeppers.com. Thank you, Andor Peppers. Writing is like, uh, 
I don't know. It's served different purposes in my life, maybe throughout mm-hmm. my life, but it ha- it's, it has kind of always been there. Yeah. I just feel like I started taking it a little more seriously once I moved to Texas mm-hmm. and people were like, yeah, just like, you know, the guy Clarks and even, even stuff that isn't maybe as like concentrated as that, even mm-hmm. some, th- even, you know, th- smaller things like the Casey Donahue's and the things of that nature. That was like, that was a new genre of music to me. Yeah. And that was really before the red dirt explosion of whatever of like, everybody can hear this music everywhere. Now at that time, it was really like, it felt like if you were not here or in Oklahoma, you weren't really getting access to this music. Yeah. And so there was something that felt kind of punk about it to me. Mm-hmm. Cause it felt like, it felt like it was, and I, this could be all wrong, but, in my young musician self it felt like a middle finger to like the establishment man whatever that means yeah and it also just felt like you had to know somebody yeah to know you know you had to know somebody cool to be like just just to have a conversation like hey have you ever heard of jason bolin which sounds so dumb now but in 2023 but yeah at the time it's like yeah you really had to be it had to be someone specific to yeah. s- to say that to somebody. Yeah. And so I think there was something cool about that yeah. to me. I don't know. Are you like, do you, do you catch yourself, do you jot stuff down? Like when, if you're driving or just at home, like, just like, you know, you're doing a dish and like, a, like a bar hits your yeah. head. Like, do you go write it down? And like, you're not even thinking like where it's going to go yet. You just jot it down for yes. future use. Yes. Have you always done that? Pretty much. I mean, I would say, like, now it's, like, a lot of, like, voice memos mm-hmm. and, like, notes in my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, just because now iPhones are, like, used for everything. But definitely, like, I have a huge binder where sure. it'd be, like, you know, little scraps of paper and, like, or post-it note mm-hmm. and, like, writing that down. So, I mean, I think that's, like, I think that's a learned skill. And now with our society as a whole, like, our it's hard to catch our attention or yeah. it's hard to stay concentrated. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like now more than ever with all of these distractions coming our way, like if you have a moment of creativity, like record that yes, because it will, will flee it. and yeah, you will forget it. And that's a really special thing that mm-hmm. you just like grabbed this like hook or line or idea out of the sky. And if you can't like go immediately to your guitar, which it's beautiful when that happens. Yeah. Then if you don't capture it, it's usually it's like yeah. Be but gone. sometimes in that moment, I like I said, like I don't even know where this is gonna go. I just know that this is a cool line. I yeah. know this is a good line, and I will find a place for it. Yeah. And if I don't write it down, I won't be able to. Yeah. What came first for you was like was painting first for you, or did, was music like songs was first? Yeah. So I well yeah, I think music was first. But it was just, I grew up in such a creative home. Yeah. So it was like, uh, you know, if on a... What's the difference kind of? Yeah, it was it's, like it's all, all intermingled. Expression. It's like, you know, that, the Friday night is like, okay, like make up a play or here's $5 and go to the craft store. This is our night. Like yeah. whatever, you know, so it's just like... That's really cool. Both of them really some like kind of simultaneously happened as far as just like this very creative, like, mm-hmm. you know, what are, what are we going to do right now? Wow. That's really cool. But. Were you ever in like the arts in school? Were you like, were you a theater kid at all? Okay, I there is a little theater kid inside of me, but she okay. was so stage fright. Like, okay, my okay, my 
Like, first grade to fourth grade, there was a very staged fright theater kid in Sarah Johnson that, Uh like, never really came to be. And I don't think that was, like, ultimately my calling, but I would, like, go to the, like, Broadway tryouts yeah. and my song was Annie the sun will come out tomorrow it's a banger and I'm sure I just was like frozen and yeah. these people are like what is she what is she doing Sang here one note the, yeah. time. the <laughs> like, sun will yeah, come no. out tomorrow <laughs> yeah and so you know because then I would watch the other kids other audition or you know the other kids audition yeah. and they are just out there like Whoa, you know, just oh, yeah. like living their dream that was I had and, I had that before I had talent I had, yeah I had this like Blah. <laughs> See, which you know, I think it's really nice that you like have that like gusto and you so. like hone in. I would like was on this right. long journey to right. like even sing in front of people, much yeah. less like make this my career. Man. So I had, uh, you know, like theater kid that eventually I think it was just like a Sarah, let's like focus on maybe sports or something. Yeah. Just because I really was so sage fright, like mm-hmm. I was not gonna get anywhere in the mindset that I was. Right. And my sweet mom would, you know, drive me to auditions and I did like a Huffines commercial. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know where Shout that out. is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, but always like, I think just like a desire, yeah. but no confidence. Wow. And so it just took a while for that like confidence to come in. Yeah. And I am, I'm grateful for that, you know, just like being part of my journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I think it just almost is like a testimony, hopefully, to other people because I will say, like now on stage, that's yeah, not very an issue yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, do you think? So, do you think with that with that found comfortability, like, do you think it like is it far fetched to say that you would be in a play or a show or something like that now? Do you feel like you're comfortable in that? Acting, acting still feels different to me. It's definitely different. I just mean like, and, is there any, like? Yeah, I'm not trying to say yeah. They're definitely not the yeah. same thing. But no, I mean, I but think the, but I think the could, fright like, maybe isn't there. Yeah, no, fri- yeah. no fright is is there. But I don't know if you feel this way, Garrett. But like, I do think that acting or some kind of like emotive, just when I like when I am singing like a, yeah, it's a that sad song, like I am like my dad was like you're like growling. I'm yeah. like so I'm channeling. Well, this is an angry song, yeah. you know, or 100%. like And so I do think that there is like a very yeah like a performance t- mm. like part of your performance that you are going to like emote what the song means. Yeah. And I think that changes like your facial expressions, your countenance, like you're even just like the way you sing, like the way I sing my love song, it's not going to be like the, yeah, the eh, way you, you sing know. a breakup song. Yeah. So I think 100%. it kind of like all goes into it because I mean, audience, like audiences like want you to tell them kind of like where to they, go, they you know, like it. they're looking I, at yeah, you. Like they, and so, they will look away. Like they, yeah. they need you to meet them at least there. Yeah. Because other than just the world being in their hand or in their pocket, you yeah. know, there's plenty of, plenty of venues with TVs on the wall, pool yeah. tables in the corner. Yeah. Pretty women or men working behind. Them. There's plenty of distractions, and yeah. so like you, you have to give them something. Yeah. Like, and just showing up and and doing the song and dance that isn't really enough. Yeah. Not with this many dis- distractions. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I love I love walking the line, especially like I love walking the line when I'm performing between like being as gen- more than genuine, mm-hmm. like being more than honest, mm-hmm. and also this is all pretend. Also, yeah. like at the same time, almost yeah. in, an, in an Andy Kaufman way that isn't, that hopefully isn't uncomfortable. Yeah. But like, yeah, definitely. 
I feel this is maybe that little singy dancy kid <laughs> inside of me that like I feel more comfortable telling the truth. Yeah. If there's like if I'm on a stage and I have a microphone in my yeah. hand, there's something there. I have more. It's maybe just because of all the stage time I've had, but like I feel more comfortable there yeah. than like sitting here with maybe like a significant other and just being yeah. like, here's the truth. Yeah. I almost sometimes wish I could be like, here, let me put you in a room with 50 strangers yeah. and then get on stage and then I'll tell you the <laughs> yeah, truth. Yeah, this will come out because a lot better. Because I'm the one holding the microphone. Yeah. No one can interrupt me. Yeah. You know, and I can basically be as animated or as ridiculous as possible yeah. and still kind of get the gist of the truth across yeah. you know like i i love that i think there's power in that so here's the something that i kind of like wrestle with too like when you're talking about just like when you're on stage and you're out there and you're like prefacing a song or you're singing the song or you know telling the story behind it like how much of like your life and truth and honesty do you save for just yourself and then like how much do you feel like you like to share with the audience mm -hmm. or you're going to let them in or that's kind of like, yeah. Hey, this is actually like a cool way that we can like come together and like bridge this. Cause sometimes I'm like, I actually like share a lot on stage. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, is there anything left for like my own personal life or am I, do, do I even get that? You know, because I'm know. a performer and this is my diary anyway, you know, yeah. how do you I feel about I that? I view it like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I like the first time we met, I, I couldn't have been more honest mm -hmm. when I was prefacing songs. Yeah. And I w there it it became it became kind of like that night specifically the night you and I met. That show for me started to become less of a performance mm -hmm. and more of me just trying to tell the, the absolute truth, more of the truth than I would just tell. Yeah. You sitting here with me. Yeah. And I feel like the circumstances tell you Mm -hmm. where you can go with that you know if you know if you're playing the shoot and stab in midland maybe don't go there maybe don't t maybe don't let the crowd in on your vulnerability yeah <laughs> but if yeah if it's a safe place and people are genuinely connecting with you it's yeah. like i i definitely i start every set trying to give as much energy out yeah and whatever i get back that that tells me on that dial like how much yeah. i can go one way or the other yeah and it also kind of that also kind of tells me like how nice of a person person am I going to be for the next hour and a half? Yeah. Because if like if I get up there and I'm met with nothing but love, I'm going to give nothing yeah. but love, and that the what equals that for me is like going there. Yeah. Being more than honest, but also give giving them a performance, but also letting it be genuinely in the moment, even if you know. We all have an act, you mm -hmm. know, per se, like we're always trying to work on our act. And so like there are there are some some of these stories I've told before, mm -hmm. I'm, but I'm maybe I'm trying to maybe in that particular instance, maybe I'm trying to go a little deeper now. Yeah. Maybe I'm not just hitting the the keywords and the highlights of the story. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm trying to find out something that I didn't even know about oh my myself. God. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That isn't every show. Yeah. It's. That's a beautiful t experience when I get to do that. Those are my mm -hmm. favorite kinds of shows. That's why I love house shows and mm -hmm. Kessler. I know you like Planet the Kessler. I love the Kessler for that reason because yeah. I, f I feel like when I'm speaking there before or after a song, no matter what I'm talking about, everyone is truly listening mm -hmm. and everyone is on the same page. Yeah. And so it like, makes me feel allowed to do it. Yeah. If I don't feel, you know, 
if I'm just playing some bar set somewhere, I don't really feel like there's even a place for me to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What are you writing right now? Anything? I'm right. Yeah, I'm currently writing this song. Um, have you ever you ever had a dream where whoever you're with is like cheating on you? I don't know if I have. Sorry, I didn't really think about that. No, that's okay. Like, mm, but I've had that dream. Yeah, she's had that dream. Uh-huh. Gage, have you had that dream? Definitely had that dream. I, like <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like. Plenty of people have that experience yeah. of having that dream, but I haven't heard a song about it mm-hmm. necessarily. And so, like, I'm working on that. I like that. And I'd really, I'd, I'm only about two thirds of the way through. I'd really like to find a way to make, to make it wrap up in a in a happy mm-hmm. way. And Gage and I were working on that together the other day. That last verse and. Haven't quite nailed it down, but we're getting pretty close. Yeah. But it basically starts with like, the first line is like, I had a dream last night. It couldn't have been real. Mm-hmm. You were running around with someone else. It was no big deal. <laughs> and I wish I woke up before the big reveal instead of carrying it over into my day like it's something it can steal. And I, I really, I resonate with that because not only have I, I like I said, I've had those dreams and I've written so many songs now, it's like, I've written so many songs now that like, if I'm, if I'm writing and yeah. I, and I bring up the moon, yeah, I'm like, okay, how many thousands of songs have talked about the fucking moon? Yeah. And so like, how can I say this differently? Yeah. And how many songs have I already written that talk yeah. about the moon? And so like, and so, but when you go down that path too hard, you start getting away from like these social ideas that maybe bind us together, like bind strangers together. Like mm-hmm. you start going too far down that path of like trying to write a song that you've never heard. Yeah. You start getting away from like a social conscious. I'm not trying to tap into that. That's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you go maybe too far the, like the other way you start getting away from like an individual thought, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm trying to like, I guess that's why I'm really into this concept because I yeah. feel like a lot of a lot of people maybe ex- experience this thought, but I don't hear a lot of songs about it. Yeah, and to have those two things happen at the same time, uh-huh. it's pretty seldom. I think. Yeah. To have like uh, multiple people feel this way, and there isn't 500 million songs about it. Yeah. Because like at the, like I said, I've written so many songs. It's like, <sighs> am I doing this for me? Yeah. I don't know. At at some at at some point, I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually doing this for me. And it, if I'm being honest, my favorite songs, I'm doing those for me. Yeah. And like, I guess, whenever I can find some type of concept that makes me feel like I'm just genuinely doing this for me. Yeah. And also, someone else. Yeah. I don't know. This is a very universally. Yeah. And it, but it's, it's like a, it's a universal thing that isn't like put through the, the like obstacle course of songwriting once a week. Yeah. All the time by everybody. I like that a lot, but I think, I mean, even if I, you know, the way that I can like translate that, cause I'm like, Oh, I've never really had that dream, Mm -hmm. but I think I would like interpret that. Like, um, I don't know. Is there like a fear or premonition or a thought that I've had in my brain that's not reality right 
And am I going to let it like pour into my life or am I going to kind of like keep that thought there and like, what do I do with it? So that's yeah. kind of how I take it. Having not had that dream, sure, but yeah. like I still resonate with the song, yeah. but okay. I can tell you. Okay. So you said, what am I working on now? Mm-hmm. I will. T- do you want me to tell you like a specific idea yeah. of like what I'm working mm-hmm. on now? And I think I just, and these ideas are trademarked. Like, yeah. Trademarked copyright, you know, but, um, I think I sometimes just like get a little bit self-conscious because I'm like, how many songs am I going to write about this like freaking well, this one dude. breakup? And yeah. like, I'm like, oh, I need to listen to them. But okay, so the concept is, and I have not heard a song like this yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just haven't heard enough songs. Sure. But I think the idea is like, you know, post-breakup, post-relationship. I mean, obviously like, you know, you go into a relationship and you're, what is it? You're perfect. I love you. Now change. Yes. You know? Oh my God. You're everything I ever wanted. But, Could you yeah. do this a Could little differently? Could you just differently? do this? And That's so, so true. But it's that kind of the idea of like, actually you did leave, but I did see that some of the changes that you wanted for me were good. And I actually like, like appreciate it. Did those. Uh, yeah. Not because of you, like not right, for right, you. Right. But they happened because they needed to happen. Yes. And that is in the end what was like best for me. Mm-hmm. That like, so it's kind of like I stand a little taller, I shoot a little straighter. Like I kind of just these things that like yeah. are really good for me in the end. And I guess the song concept is like, well, what if you met me now? Right. Yeah. What would you want me to change now? And not well, even I didn't and, even mean it to go there. Yeah. It's just where my brain went. And yeah, because like, there would be. But it's like, what if? What if? Like now. You know, like having kind yeah. of like I did grow in these areas that mm. you always wanted for me, right? And I like think I actually like am a very I've grown a lot of ways that I'm like proud of or yeah. that I think would like better serve any relationship, right? So what if you met me now? Like what? That's would happen? a big. That's a big concept. Like, do you just have the premise right now, or have you like started writing? I've started lines? writing that first line, like a kind of like things that I've ways that I've changed. Mm. And then I'm kind of just, I haven't had like the ability to just sit down and like really flesh it out. But, yeah. and then of course it's like, what if you met me now? I just go back. Like the way that I think it's like, that's my hook. What if you that's met me now? That's a great hook. But then I backtrack and then I'm like, okay, well, what rhymes with now? Cal. And then I'm like, so yeah, Cal. <laughs> Take a bow. Or, you know, like some things somehow, what if you met, you know, like yeah. I like kind of go from the hook backwards. Okay. okay. That's how I write. Okay. I usually think of the hook first and then I'm going to like wow. backtrack like what rhymes with that. Like. Kind of like bandana, like the bandana song. I knew I wanted to be like Montana, so then I'm like backtracking. Right, right, like, right. How am I gonna do that? So anyway, it's, it's, that's inter- what I've been it's working interesting. On. Like rhyme is super important. Like, yeah, it seems like it's like that's your first step. Is like you find the hook and you instantly start finding rhymes. That's kind of how just I do work. it. Yeah. Do you, so like if you, so like usually, usually the hook is either the beginning, middle, or the end of the chorus. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like when you say like you start with the hook and you write backwards, like. Would you would you start with like like specifically the red bandana song like you'd start with Montana and work your way back to like the first part of the song and then after you have that chunk do you start working yeah. downward now? Yes. That's basically all the time that's how you write. Majority yeah. I feel unless I somehow start with the first line of the verse and then I kind of see where that Those takes crazy. me. Yeah. But that isn't as often. Mhm. I feel like I, I don't know, kind of go, goes do, do melodies ever come first or is it always like words? I'm usually a words person, Yeah, but like I did a, um, but it, it's like, 
as soon as I have that, I'll like sit with my guitar, put a voice memo on and sing it for like 10 minutes. And it's pretty cool. Like if I am really in the moment singing, like, like where did that melody come from? Right. And I'm so glad that I recorded it Mm because I probably wouldn't remember it otherwise. But usually words and then kind of like playing. What about you? Uh, I think, I think I'm always jotting stuff down. Yeah. Kind of one line at a time. Then I'll just add that to a list of these unrelated lines. Yeah. I'm kind of always doing that. And I'm always tinkering around on the guitar. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I stumble upon something on the guitar that I haven't done before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And if I find, if I start, if I do that long enough with the guitar, I start hearing what the melody kind of should be over Mm -hmm. that. And I start looking back at that list. Yeah. And I'm like, Maybe it's the maybe it's the first line. What can be what in, what on this list could be a good first line to fit this melody? And I start yeah. looking through, and it's like oh, I could take away that word and that word. Maybe this line. It's like okay, now usually I I like I like to think that the first line is the most important line, and mm-hmm. so usually if I if I can pick out of that list of random cool lines I've written down, if I can pick one out, I can usually be like okay this is probably what the premise of that it's going to be. And, yeah. like, and a lot of the times now like used to that, it used to be based a lot in like fiction or telling somebody else's story. But now it's more like, okay, I know why I felt that way that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just expand on that. Yeah. I think this line was good enough to get someone's attention maybe, but now I have to, it has to have like a middle and an end mm-hmm. now too. Flush it out. And so, yeah, I guess that's a lot of it. That's a lot. That's not every time, mm-hmm. but mo- most of my process is like looking back on this list of thoughts mm-hmm. after I've already kind of been tinkering and found musically. Kind of, I kind of find the meter that I like. Yeah, I'm 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 a big cadence person, mm-hmm. and so and those cadences can change throughout the song, but like I, it has to be a very specific change. You yeah. Know? This episode of What's Right is brought to you by Fio Music Group. Fio Music Group is a record label based in Texas that's signed to myself, as well as Dane Pack, Peter Sinclair, and others. They're the reason the lights are on most of the time for all of those households. They've partnered with Yellow Dog Studios so that we're able to have nice things like vinyl records with production value. You can learn more about Fio Music Group by going to the website, fiomusicgroup.com. Yeah, but sometimes it's um, sometimes it's more conceptual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like a lot of times when I'm co-writing, which I love to do. A lot of times that is like we're sitting in a room like this, and I'm just listening to like four or five bad ideas, and then someone says a good one, and mm-hmm. I, I and if it if it's a good enough concept, mm-hmm. I can sit there and just write a song about it. Yeah, and uh, those don't those aren't always my favorite because they feel so unattached to like my expression if you will yeah but just but just like the repetition like the reps i've had of just writing all the time yeah if they are they are easier to finish yeah because i'm not sitting here thinking like do i really mean that is that the truth yeah i'm i'm over here like i'm just trying to paint a picture that you know yeah that's almost kind of obvious in a way and so yeah all you have to do is make that rhyme that's kind of easier to do than like go to therapy with yourself. How do I feel? Yeah. 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 Totally. I think good songs can come out of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like the point of writing for me 
is like is like that first thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I I need to get this out mm-hmm. so that I'm not walking around with it mm-hmm. anymore. And I need to do more of that. Yeah. I'm I'm writing. I've talked about this on a couple other episodes, but like I'm writing tremendously less now compared to the whole every bit of my life leading up to like being a dad Mm -hmm. and it's simply just because up until that moment the most important thing to me was like the song i'm currently writing Mm -hmm. or the next song i'm about to write it was like really my my main concern in life was that yeah and uh when that's replaced with something yeah all of the all of the work that goes into making that thing possible, like it, it gets kind of slid to the side sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't regret that at all. I've written enough songs, but they, I do realize if I'm, if it's been a month or two and I haven't written anything, I feel it within me. I feel like, you know, I've never, I've never gone to conventional therapy. That's how I've learned how to express, and that's mm-hmm. how I've learned how to let go. Yeah. That's how I grieve my friends that die. Yeah. I write songs about it. And so yeah, I can tell. If it's been if it's been a little while since I've you actually feel sat down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like I'm 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 worse company to be around. I think that's like I'm more touchy maybe. Yeah. But that I mean, I listen to like what you're saying and I mean I feel like that's a little bit of like a it's like I constantly struggle with like what I feel is the blessing and curse of being a songwriter, I sure. guess. Like, what a blessing that is that you're taking all of that emotion yeah. and experience and processing and you are create you get to create art out of it. Sure. It's like whatever shit happens, like, no, like I get to make this into like gold or creation or a song that then is going to live its own life. Right. That helps other people. I think relates there's some, to other people, right. whatever it is. I, I'm never when I'm making it. I'm never thinking about other people. But yeah, I, but I am thinking about it living its own life. Yeah, and there is something there. There's some type of power in that. That that is, I know that's. It's not just simply me writing it down mm-hmm. is what lets it go. Yeah, it's almost like giving birth to a new piece of art. Yeah, and like without me going through whatever experience I just wrote about, yeah. th- this thing would not be would not happen. in the universe. Yeah. It's almost like sometimes my way of like getting vengeance at like yeah. bad situations. Like yes. my car got broken into and my gear was stolen and was I was just oh, that was in Austin. Love Austin, but that was terrible. That was over like November Christmas time last year. Dang. I got my guitar back. Cool. Get all your serial numbers. Anyone listening to this, yeah. get your serial numbers on all your gear because yeah. there's a chance, one in a million, you could get it back because pawn shops have to register their right. serial numbers. So if there's a police report, it cross-checks. You get your stuff back. That's awesome. That's my plug for being organized. Yeah. However, like when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to write a song. Like That was yeah. like the way that like I could like find some kind of like yeah. redemptive quality in what happened yeah. is because I was like, I am going to write a song. And I did because I was mm-hmm. cleaning up all the glass all over my car that was like covering everything. Yeah. And I wrote a song that's called like Light Still Shines Through Broken Glass. Yeah. I've heard that. And it might be a little cheesy, but I wrote a song. You I know, did. I like yeah. heartbreak yeah. or friend death or whatever. It. It's like it kind of is just like this redemptive yeah. thing that yeah. we get to have. That's and true. everyone has their own beauty that comes from ashes, we'll say. But I just think that as a songwriter, it's. 
it's kind of cool what we can do. Sure. And like it definitely I know that it's it started with that with me, mm-hmm. but I feel like it it grew into it went from well, this bad thing happened, but I'm going to go write a song about it, so it's okay. Yeah. It grew from that to let me go find something not good. Let me go find something terrible to do. Yeah. So that I can, you know, or let, yeah. let let me put myself in a position I really shouldn't be in yeah. so that I could get a song out of it. I know that sounds pretentious to hear, but like, that's how I was navigating through to my next song for yeah. like a few years. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't have that. I don't feel that obligation anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I have enough songs or, or just like living a happier existence is just yeah. more important to me now. Yeah. But I don't, I, that was a very self-imposed obligation. Mm-hmm. It definitely, it made me a better writer, but it, it did make my life a little harder. <laughs> just so, it's just in the name of having art. Right. So a name. little, like, it can go a little masochistic if you, yeah. you know, it, yeah. can, it can bend on that too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Do you, do you think, are there any, like, similarities in, in yourself as a creator when you're writing versus when you're making a painting? I think the similarities are, hmm, I mean, definitely feeling like it's a little bit of, like, an extension of yourself. Sure. I mean, just, like, very much, like, you are in it, you are, you know, creating, like, there is, I would say when I allow myself the time and space to create a painting and maybe a new style or experiment or something that kind of like joy and elation is very similar to okay. like does the one, songwriting. Does one feel more intimate to you than another, than the other? Songwriting definitely feels more intimate because wow. I think my paintings. I don't know. It's interesting. Like I, I hate to like make my sound myself sound like super commercial, but like no, I know I'm mean, like though. I'm like painting those paintings, thinking about like Where someone else's home, yes, or like someone else's like commission and they've actually asked for like specific colors or like I look at trends and like right. I'm looking at like And when you're writing is... when you're writing all those questions just going inward, right? Yeah. Like, like I mean when I'm writing I'm literally like if I don't say this now like I will explode or like this yeah. is like the only way that I know how to like deal with this or process this mm-hmm. or whatever. And painting, I guess and you know, feels more like a service. It feels a little yes, a little bit more like a, you know, very much keeping like the audience in mind, but I don't yeah. write a song giving any crap about like right. what audiences are going to think because right. I know that like, if I'm just writing kind of like for the closer, me, the yeah, yeah. Then like it, you know, that's the songs that people love the most anyway, because wow. you can feel that kind of like vulnerability, yeah. but that's a good question. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I really like that. Um, I was roommates for a long time with, uh, one of my best pals named Dane pack. And he's a, brilliant songwriter mm-hmm. he's also a really fantastic painter cool. and i've i've got to i i can't i'm not a visual artist in any stretch of the form <laughs> i my stick man looks like a naughty drawing you know what i'm saying like it's not and uh and so with li- living with him as long as i did uh, and he would do commission pieces for other people and stuff yeah. uh, but he would also just kind of use it as, as expression as well and yeah. so it was cool to when he's doing commission pieces it was really interesting because 
I get to see, I get to sit in the corner while he's making this thing from, from this blank canvas to whatever portrait it becomes. But it really only, it only would live in our house for like a couple of, after it's done, it's only there for like yeah. a couple of days. Then you it's might not ever see mailed, it again. I'll never see a lot yeah. of that stuff again. And so it made me, I guess that's where the intimacy question mm-hmm. comes from because there's something about, even though you're not thinking about the audience when you're writing the song, there is something to be said of like, you know you can share it with anyone at any time. Yeah. And I noticed with Dane, uh, with his paintings, those are going to one person. Yeah. And I don't know. There was, it's something pretty, it was pretty beautiful and sad too. Yeah. Because it was like he, I saw him get better with every painting. Yeah. And the, it's funny to, have like the few the few that didn't get sold were yeah. maybe the first few yeah so those weren't necessarily the best yeah and so i would i would start seeing his him grow as an artist and grow as an artist and these things are getting to where they're like wow I you fucking did this yeah. i can't even believe i watched you do this yeah and then yeah, it would hang. It would hang on our wall long enough to dry. Yeah, it's mailed off somewhere. You know, it's interesting because, like, now that we're talking about this, it's interesting because I think back to like I have four different series of art, so, right? Like, or styles. You mm-hmm. know, one is like circles. One's like this abstract kind of like color blotch. And what is interesting is that like I do have an attachment to like the first time that I like painted that particular style in a way that like worked. Yeah. And, like, I actually keep those pieces as, wow. like, archive pieces mm-hmm. because there's something about the first time that you, like, make You figured this, it out, kind of. Yeah, that, like, I figured this out or I painted this particular style. Yeah. Like, I will keep that original one. Mm-hmm. And, like, people ask about it. And, like, as much as, like, my brain wants to be, like, sure, you know, like, I need rent money. It's, yeah. like, there's such an attachment to it. Yeah. Which... Like, this one's not for sale. Yeah, like, no. You know, I can just yeah. do things like this. Yeah, like, I'll be, like, I take commissions off of that. But it's interesting because, like, I, you know, as I'm thinking about kind of that, like, intimacy, like, part of you, mm-hmm. it's interesting because I didn't really, know, like, realize this about myself, but, like, I usually keep that first piece. Well, yeah. Which is kind of similar, like, I've never, and I'm not saying I will never do this, but, like, I've never written a song for anyone else or anything like that. Like, at this point in my career, like, my songs are just for myself, so it's almost like, you know, there is a little bit of an attachment, like, with my songs or... Like, the ones that are already released and recorded, do you think, like, if someone were to come along, like, regardless of how close it is to you, do you feel like you would be like, yeah, you can cut that if you want? I think, yeah, I think knowing more about the music industry now mm-hmm. and like what doors that can open sure. for you. Yeah. I think I've just become a little bit like less like attachment. Sa- yeah. Less attachment. And like, I think my kind of business savvy side would kind of come out more yeah. than like my, like, Oh, I need that for me side right. because if, you know, it's like one song changes everything. And like, if That's someone, fair. depending on who it was, mm-hmm. if it was someone that, could if it's someone that can take it further than I can, then yes, then that's yes. a good idea because that will only open more doors for mm-hmm. me to write more, sing more, be in rooms that I yeah like more. So I, I think how do you feel about it? Well, I'm def any of my shits for sale. Yeah, <laughs> but, I just, but I feel like more often than not, I'm writing songs that like even if you love it, yeah, you're not going to resonate as a performer in it the way yeah. I am. I I feel like. I feel like you could love something that I write, um, but it 
it's coming from such a specific place, maybe you wouldn't want to touch it. Yeah. You know? And that I, would be so interesting to have, like, a side-by-side comparison of, like, the writer of the song to the performer of the song. Like, yeah. Right by each other and yeah. see like how they both deliver the songs. I'd be. I was talking the the last episode I filmed. We were talking about the difference between like George Strait mm-hmm. and all these hits, or like Dean Dillon, yeah. who wrote all those hits. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not lying when I would say I'd rather see Dean do it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that says more about Dean or me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, not throwing any shade. No, I mean, I but I'm think, just saying, like, there's something about the whoever, yeah, whoever that idea came from, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they have a closer connection to conveying it, yeah. And I think that's also just like an appreciate, like knowing what we know about the songwriting world and we're songwriter. Like, mm. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, like, they're they're I'm I'm selling songs right now, you know, like mm-hmm. they're they're not necessarily they're not necessarily going to artists that could do anything more than I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They're just artists that need songs. Yeah. And like, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Because I, I have plenty of them. Yeah. And if I, I can record them too if I want. Yeah. You know, but most, more often than not, when I, when I sell a song to someone, it's because I don't ever plan on doing it myself. Yeah. And more often than not, those songs, even they can, they can be really honest Mm-hmm. And they can be truly my experience, but there's something about the imagery that's like universal mm-hmm. to basically anyone that yeah. can, that can sing it. But you know, sometimes I just meant I, what I meant by like you could like a song of mine and not really want to cut it is like I could I could sing you a song about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She's probably nothing like your grandmother, <laughs> and she probably didn't have you know like whatever your grandmother's story is. Yeah, probably isn't aligning with mine. Yeah, and so that would be a reason for you not to want to cut that song. Yeah, but like maybe still appreciate it for yeah. being a good song. You know. Yeah. But I uh, I showed you my new record last time we hung out. So good. Thank you. Um, the first single off. There's a few singles off of out now but the first one we released like i didn't write it mm-hmm. dane pack the painter friend of yeah, mine yeah. i was talking about he wrote it yeah and he wasn't going to do anything with it and i not only reson i felt like whatever this truth is he's saying i feel that true i feel like yeah i can convey that truth and really mean it and i also like and just stylistically it fit whatever the sound of that album is anyway yeah and so it's like yeah if you're not going to use that i would love yeah, to don't do let it. a good song go yeah to waste no man because like i i can hear one of your songs and mm-hmm. be like that's a hit or that's a ballad or whatever mm-hmm. but i can't really i can't necessarily hear that in my own music i'm a little too close to it mm-hmm. and so but i can i can I can hear in my songs, even the ones that I've recorded, I can hear like things I don't really love about it. I guess I'm I'm looking at it after it's I write it in a very it's it's expression like mm-hmm. we said it earlier, but I'm editing it like like an English teacher. Yeah. That I'm I'm editing it like I didn't write it basically. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't really cut myself any slack in that. And so like when I hear like you show me a song of yours that you have no interest in writing, and I don't find anything wrong with it and i feel like if i sing it i'm still telling the truth yeah yeah i want it like yeah i i want i can like that's a hit yeah 
those those don't come like especially if you're just telling the truth and you're writing you're not going to write a fucking hit every time you sit down and write a song sometimes you'll write hundreds of songs never write a hit what does that even mean yeah but i heard that song i was like that is a fucking hit yeah you're not going to do anything with that that's sacrilege dude i'm going to do something i'm going to do it, it. yeah and yeah so that was our leading single it's called nobody like you mm-hmm and I, I love that song. We start our set. We start our set with it. Yeah, I it's love like, that. It's a good song. Yeah. And it's funny you were talking about like the sitting on your grandma's porch the, with the chocolate with the yeah chocolate uh, milk cow chocolate milk cow. It kind of reminded me of the red, the Buddha, where it's like yeah, kind of similar imagery of just kind of like saying what you see. Or, yeah, you know? that yeah, and that woman's porch. So I was talking about she made that Buddha. Well, there it's full circle. Yeah. She made that Buddha, gave it to my grandmother. And the other day, someone emailed me, like through my website, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's usually for like a show. I like, try yeah. to like book like a private show or something. Yeah. This person reached out just to, just, the only thing it said was, Where did you get that Buddha? <gasps> and I was like, And I explained, <laughs> explained like, my great grandmother made it in the 70s and, yeah. gave, and gave it to her daughter, so my grandmother. And, I got this message back from this woman with a photo of like basically the exact same boot. Hers is like shinier than mine. No way. And yeah, and she goes, My dad made this in the late seventies. They must have taken a similar ceramics <gasps> class. No way. Like identical. That's like her, super cool. And she's like and she she, had, she sent a photo of it. I mean yeah. it's the same Buddha. No way. Yeah, yeah. And hers is That's cool. Shiny. That she found Mine's kinda it. dull looking. Yeah. Hers is like Spick and span, Did y'all shiny. rub its belly more and you know make wishes? I, yeah, right. We should rub. We should take both of our boots and rub their bellies together and like start like a black hole. Yeah, that's so funny. That's cool. That's neat. That I mean, she found you. She found the single. She found the song. Yeah, you know, full yeah. circle moment there. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yeah. Are you like? Um. Are you ever performing with an ensemble, like a band, ever? I do have a band, so Do you yes, like that? Do you I like do. Doing the band stuff? Yeah, I like the band stuff. I think the only thing I will, will say is that, and I've worked with, like, great musicians and guys, and I'm just saying guys because I've only particularly worked with guys. I know there's amazing female musicians out there, but I think I just didn't realize when I went into music how much it took to manage a band. Sure. And just that role of like managerial and Mm -hmm. people and schedules and times and paying and all of that. And so I like dove in. I, I actually like when I first started somehow magically, like I was pretty much only doing full band shows and then, you know, they moved to Nashville and then also you just realize this is so much work and also kind of limits your gigs sometimes. Cause like, I don't have the means to like take the band out of town at this point, maybe one day. So then I did a lot of solo gigs and then I just got a new group of guys because with the new songs that I'm releasing, I definitely want to like do full band Mm because you just have more opportunity to do bigger shows and openers and everything like that. So yeah, we got, we got the band and we're working on getting like a more streamlined set together, but I like working with the band. Yeah, I do too. I, uh, they're playing. It's not, it's not necessary if you're showing up to play a songwriter set in someone's yard. Yeah. But like it, it if you're if you're at a venue and you want to be like bam. Yeah. It's almost necessary, I think, you know. It's been good. I mean, the funny thing for me is like the way that I write, like I 
play the songs the way that like I wrote them, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily what's been translated in the studio. Sure. So then we have to go to the studio recording, mm-hmm. and the so guys you have, are you learning have to that. Learn what you did. Yeah, or like, or, or like, you have to change fi- them. yeah, like it's like finding like a happy medium yeah. between like what does the studio production sound like, but also like what am I gonna play? Right. And what can I play even just with my ability? But what sure. am I gonna like get up there and nine times out of ten do from muscle memory? Right. And then have the band like kind of learn that. Mm-hmm. But then also we gotta like, oh hey Sarah, like you actually do need to like switch chords here because that is what because that's what everybody that else is, is what everyone's on gonna doing. do. And also yeah. that's like what the recording like that sounds better. Sure, and me sure, being sure. like, okay, great, yeah, I do need to do that. Yeah. So it's interesting too, because like, you know, just all of those dynamics. Cause like I I want to play guitar. Like I want to be the girl that plays guitar too yeah. in her sets. Right. But with that comes some finagling of yeah. you know figuring well, out it just what comes all of like, that is. It just comes like conversations in yeah in a rehearsal room about like what goes where when yeah you know and you, the best thing that one of my bandmates said it's like the most important thing is just to like that we make a decision sure yeah it it's do, like, yeah at the end of the day like the most important thing and I've had to grow in this a lot as like a band leader yeah. and as like a kind of boss sure, you know sure. or just even like my assertiveness as a person overall. To be like, no, we're going to do this yeah. and like stick to that decision, yeah. be consistent and call it. Just so make like, a what decision. What do y'all think? I don't know. I don't know. You know, like. They, yeah, they you know. don't want that. Yeah, like, they don't they, want like, that. No, no matter who they are, <laughs> yeah. they don't want the front woman, front man to say yeah. that. Because yeah. They're, they're like, no, you tell yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Like life will be a lot easier if yeah. you just tell us mm-hmm. chorus two times at the end, yeah. tag at the end. like. Yep. That you know, so mm-hmm. that's like also you know for any aspiring musicians out there, it's like learn how to make decisions. And yeah, stick to it with the yeah, band, and, and you know? too like you said, like okay, are we gonna do it like you normally do it live, or are we gonna do it like the record? It doesn't matter. Let's just yeah. make a decision. Just, just call it. And so yeah. like yeah, and, not not every decision is like life or death. Most of them aren't, especially when we're talking about like music the reason we make a decision is because there's multiple people on stage playing the same song yeah we want it to sound like we've done this together before <laughs> you know? yeah you're, you're playing tomorrow i'm is playing like, tomorrow is like a solo show that's solo yeah. i mean i i didn't take the band out to midland this time but we have some shows coming up more like dallas regional but i mean the plan is to travel yeah one with day with the group but yeah. yeah tomorrow's just solo what's the vibe tomorrow Tomorrow is at a barge Buffalo Nickel, so we're gonna oh, yeah, be yeah. yeah. That's so right. This is like Friday night, like you know, bringing out the the jams that Bring people want to sing to on a Friday night. The funny thing with me, like you were saying, like you came to Texas and like found all of your Texas artists. Sure. Like I was not raised by parents who listened to country music. Mm-hmm. My dad's from St. Louis. My mom was raised by a dad from Chicago and a mom from Portland, Oregon. So all I got to say is like I didn't grow up on country music i grew up on like beatles and beach boys and like oh, yeah. so it's funny now because and i would say i'm more like americana than yeah. country oh yeah but what i do now on like a three hour long cover set in a bar is like i'm gonna be playing like the beatles yeah abba yeah. like clear um ccr you know just sure. like i'm gonna be doing that but i'm gonna be doing it in my own like now americana way yeah yeah Wearing and, my cowboy boots, but like I'm a little bit nervous almost because like Midland's different. Like they want the country music sometimes, yeah. And so I'm like, all right, how is how is this gonna go? Yeah, but, and I'm I'm not making I'm not making country albums, you know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm from the south, and so yeah. like, and I 
I did. I grew up on it, and so like, yeah, I'm I'm more of a country music historian than I am a country music artist. Yeah, and it it's more often than not like when I find myself in conversations like this, I talk about country music as if it's still what it used to be, mm-hmm. because I, I'm I'm really not referring to uh, whatever's happening on FM radio today. Yeah, a lot of the times. Yeah, like, and I think too. That's maybe why it's not like a genre that I cling to when I'm making my own records. Mm-hmm. It's like I, the the image the the like the level of detail or the depth of the imagery that I'm trying to convey is almost like that. That isn't really what country music is doing anymore. Almost yeah. in a way, you know, and like yeah. sonically, it's not the same. But like, yeah, I found I found the Beatles and the Beach Boys and stuff like that after after country music yeah i was i was kind of the opposite of you i gr- grew up on country stuff and really w- whatever like solid gold country radio hits kind of were happening yeah and then just through just through f- my you know going down my own little musical path of like finding cool stuff that i like you know yeah. you stumble on stumble upon like the beatles and the beach boys and stuff like that and and my the records that i make now those things have more of an influence on me than Hank Jr. or or something. I don't listen to that shit anymore. (laughs) I grew up on it. Yeah. And so, like, it's, I don't, in a way, I don't have to listen to it. I know what it's, I know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That song doesn't change. It's in the DNA. Yeah. But there's something about, like, there's something about pet sounds that's kind of like watching Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm. And, and the, and the way of, like, every time you listen to it, you hear something else that you've never heard before. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. We have bands like the Fleet Foxes and all these other cool acts and stuff that would be non-existent without the Beach Boys or the mm-hmm. Beatles and stuff. And so, and because of the ripple effect of those records, like mm-hmm. Abbey Road or Pet Sounds or whatever, what have you, because of the ripple effect of that, it makes you think, as a first-time listener maybe, to something like, wouldn't it be nice? It makes you feel like, Oh, music has just always been like that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, if you put yourself in the context of like when that album came out, nothing sounded like that on the planet. Yeah. So like, in a way, even though we're in the ripple effect of that, yeah, and so many other ripple effects of inspiration, I still I want to make a record with that in mind. Mm-hmm. I want like it's harder to do. Yeah. Uh, because there's just so much more music out. Yeah. Um, but w- wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, it be nice? wouldn't it be nice if like if if you put out? You know, I know we were talking before we started. Like singles, kind of. Yeah. Have trumped the uh, the record release, if you will. But uh, like, wouldn't it be nice to like put out a full fledged album that didn't sound like anything else on that the planet? Had ever done. And not only the thing is, like, people can do that. Yeah, but but can you can you make it not sound like anything else on the planet and it be timeless forever? Yeah, and everyone Good and everyone finds something yeah. in it that's awesome. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't even know if we can. I don't even know if music will allow anyone to do that the way it did with that in that moment. You yeah, know? yeah. This episode of What's Right is brought to you by Wonderland Records. Wonderland Records is a full service recording studio and rehearsal space based in Clyde, Texas. You can ask for dates and or ask for a tour. 
at Instagram at underscore Wonderland Records underscore. Thank you, Wonderland Records. Well, now, I don't know, there's just so much access to so much music, yeah. too, that, like, even if someone did, like, even yeah. if someone did that, yeah. like, would there even be the audience that would pay enough attention no, to I th- it? No, I, th- I, th- I think know? that's what like, I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like, yeah, it, if I think if you did that, yeah. you wouldn't have an audience. Yeah. It's like, uh, and the Beach Boys had a huge audience before they put out Pet Sounds, but yeah. still, it's like members of the band hated that album you know what i mean like there's people that did not like the fact that they did that yeah i don't know yeah i can't i couldn't imagine putting an album out and like most of my band didn't even like it you know you're all on stage like wouldn't it be nice if we went back to (laughs) surfing usa yeah gosh yeah do you like recording oh i love it i mean the thing for me is like when I am sitting there watching, because, like, in my experience recording, like, I know what my, personally, this is not everyone's technique, mm-hmm. but, like, my area of expertise was to, like, put the song together. Right. I really and, like. And to pay the musicians to come in. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like going into a session and being like, you are a fantastic bass player. You are a fantastic drummer. Like you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I, and I kind of like that. I, I mean, I come in with like an idea. Like yeah. there was, there's a song I have like called mess you up good. Mm-hmm. It's coming out in the fall. And like the, what I did tell the drummer was, I was like, um, I want this to be like, you know, right before the chorus. All I ask of you is like, dun, 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 you know, the yeah, three like beats. One thing. Yeah. Like, and Give I'll like, one I'll like do here. my stuff stupid drum sounds on my with my mouth which never sound and they're like "Mm -hmm." but like but he got it it's just we always laugh at like when i try to make music um impersonations but like i'll come in like and there was one time like we did a pass and like i was like y'all this is actually like a really sad song you know like you know and they're and so then they got it it, you know so like i'm not saying i'm like a pushover but the beauty for me is to like let other people just hire the right people yeah like Like, well, first I hire a producer. Like, yeah. my number one is, like, I find the producer that then is going to go find the people. Yes. So, like, number one for me is, like, find a producer that, like, believes in me, first of all. Sure. Loves the project. Like, he's not just trying to do it for money. Like, he listens to the songs and he's like, I like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's always good. Check. Yeah. And so, like, hire the right How much guy. does it cost for you to tell me you like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I've been in those rooms before. Yeah. Like, I have been in those rooms before. And I think every musician has. And there's nothing... I am not trying to bash anyone. Like, there Mm -hmm. are also people that, like, that is their job. And they find people. And, like... But, you know, everyone's trying to make a living. Yeah. That's how how I hire folks when I'm producing somebody else's project. Yeah. And the the artists will be like, are you going to tell the drummer what to do? It's like, no, you're going to play the drummer the song. I brought this drummer in here because he's yeah. got he's gonna know what because he knows what to do he's gonna know what yeah. to do. i think there's like such a beauty in delegating yeah. and like like i am not a drummer like i've written the song right. and that's but so when you say do i like recording yes because to see that song go and i'm like sitting there having this moment of like uh, knowing where i was writing the song and right. what it came from and what it took for me to write that song mm-hmm. and like the tears or the happy, you know, like to sound cheesy, but like I have these like out of body experiences where I am like sitting there watching like, creation watching happen. Like a flower grow. Yes, 
But, like, I am sitting there being like, man, like, that all came together for me to be in this room and to, like, watch this take life Mm -hmm. and for them to, like, be creating something that did not exist prior to us being in this room an hour ago. And that's the coolest thing for me. I do love that. I love seeing that. Um, A lot of the records that I do, especially here in Clyde, for other people are, like, sometimes, like, their first project, sometimes their second, you know. So it's not it's not necessarily something that they're just like comfortable doing necessarily, mm-hmm. or it's just not. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the magic of record making is like I it's not magical to me now. I know yeah. the ones and zeros behind it all, and so it's nice to like turn around and see someone like really being like, "Wow, this is this is better than I thought," it could be. or like you know, yeah. th- this is exactly what I w- like wanted it to be yeah. or whatever you know. Yeah. And I think it like, and this is kind of going in like a little bit of like a different direction, but mm-hmm. I think that like the interesting thing nowadays about being a musician is like seeing that, like experiencing like how great a song has turned out and yeah. you believe in it so much yeah. and you like want people to hear it. But, and this is kind of going in like a different direction, but it's just interesting because like, at least for me. I feel this like weight of like making the release like really great or yeah. special or like wanting people to hear it. But nowadays it's just so hard to make that happen. Yeah. Like, and how, isn't it like something like 75,000 songs get, get uploaded a day? So it's just Spotify. Yeah. And, and so it's just like, I don't know. It's interesting because it's like recording is like so great, but you leave with almost this just like weight of like, yeah. what? Like this is so special. Like, what am I going to do with it now? And yeah. Can someone fly this around on a blimp over yeah. the Super Bowl? Yeah. How much is that going to cost? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the marketing budget on this one? Gosh. But I don't know. That's kind of where my mind goes now only because that's where I am right now. Right. Like I, you know, the recordings are done. Yeah. I had that really special experience. So the reason why I pivot to that is because mm-hmm. like now I'm in the phase of like, yeah. you know, yeah, getting I, the, I, yeah. the, I think the I think there. the established artists that I work with on their records, they're are like you, they're already thinking about that. And I think the new art, like brand new artists that are doing something for the first time, it's maybe the fir- in that moment it's like the first time they've ever even thought about that. Yeah. They're like, wow, this is this is a little better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Now what what do I have to do now? Because in that moment, it, it with someone making their first little recording. Mm-hmm. Uh. It, that moment can switch in someone's brain from being like, this was something I was just going to show my friends and family to like, yeah. I want to quit my job and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just do this. You I know? hit the road. So I didn't know yeah. it was going to be this good. Yeah. You know? it's like, yeah. Yeah. Those things take, those things do take money, but like they just, they take good ideas, you know, mm-hmm. like, and there's, there's ways if you're creative, there are ways to make money. Yeah. And, it, and if the product is good enough and you sh- and you share it with some people that you know have some money, you can find some money. Mm-hmm. But it's like what you do with that money is more important than fi- yeah. than even finding it. Like, yeah. Finding it is easier than sometimes coming up with what to do. What's mm-hmm. the right idea to do with it? Well, nowadays, too. I mean, yes, money. But I think in the same way, too, like everyone has free access to Instagram mm-hmm. or to like, dare I say it? TikTok or like, you know, just all of these things where like, it's not necessarily the ideas that have the money behind them that are even going to go viral. It's literally just like, and maybe this is like the people that get struck by lightning, but at the same time, what you're saying, it's like the ideas, the creativity, the, 
you know, organic stuff that like mm -hmm. usually like, I mean, even if I look at like the stuff that like I spent a lot of money out there, it has like the least amount of views Yeah. to like the random like, oh, what I had for breakfast, you know, yeah, whatever. It's, like, it's just super it's like, viral. yeah, so it's just funny, but it all hopefully is like going into the, the bigger picture of just that, you know, getting yourself out there. But yeah. But yeah, it is kind of like, it's like leveled the playing field in a funny way, but also made it more complicated to get music yeah, out there. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't old enough or involved enough 10, 20 years ago uh, to really have a, a true opinion on like how easy or how hard it was to like break or get a hit back then. Yeah. But from listening to interviews and just reading up on it and just seeing what TikTok specifically has done to the music industry yeah it's tremendously harder to get a, a conventional quote-unquote hit someone like you and i you know we we get a million streams on a song that's a hit mm -hmm. it's like that's not even tip that's not even the tip of what like uh, something that goes v a, a song that goes viral on tiktok and is on some type of multi yeah type of multi-genre radio hit pop radio station and it's on there for 40 weeks at a time that's a hit yeah that's yeah. that's big money and big exposure and you know you can you know you go up a tax bracket just in your art <laughs> and, and in your touring life you know yeah but like i i don't even like i don't i'm not even trying to swing for that like I'm not even not even in a way of like that's let's let's work let's work off the word swing, not even in a way of like that's the major leagues and we're in the minor leagues. Right. More so of like that that is a that isn't really the kind of music I'm making. That isn't really the kind of audience that is even interested in what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. And, and like I, I'm not trying to use that as an excuse to write it off. We'll chop we'll chop this conversation up. We'll put it on it tiktok i'm gonna participate right in the conversation right i just don't like i just don't expect uh my life to be easier yeah because of it i don't yeah. i don't expect like it i don't expect my touring life to really change all that tremendously just because we're on tiktok and yeah. i'm and I'm, de and I'm definitely not making creative decisions like uh as far as content or anything i'm not making creative decisions based on like is this gonna pop yeah with the kids yeah with the youths yeah i i well, didn't I, I didn't resonate with the kids when i was a kid i, I you know i like yeah. i tried to Why do I, it now? I tried to rush my own youth yeah you know, I, I was gigging in bars before i could drive and i was just trying to pretend to belong there you yeah know? i was like you know trying to have what i thought was like an adult experience like i was just trying to like yeah i'm like i'm kind of over being a kid yeah. you know like, let's, you know, let's fast forward a little which bit which is like kind of unfair to myself but like that's just who i was it's just yeah. what i was doing and like yeah. I, I i went where my interest took me mm -hmm. and I, I have young folks and mm -hmm. so it was like yeah we'll take you to the bar yeah yeah and it's like i didn't suck you know i was a kid so i mean i was definitely i'm definitely better now yeah but like, i i truly believe like if i shouldn't have been in front of people i truly believe my family would have told me <laughs> yeah you know but I, not I, not tonight not I, de tonight. I definitely think like they were they were coming from a supportive place yeah like, like yeah you i mean i love that you don't suck yeah let's do let's it let's go sit you know and it, and it started with coffee shops and then it started with yeah. like maybe like true nightlife you yeah. know 
And, and yeah, maybe I got exposed to that a little soon, but like I yeah. did ask for it. That's mm-hmm. where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can't make me go to a bar now unless I'm paid <laughs> to be there. I don't yeah. want to be there, but I, yeah. I spent so much of my life there. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, and sorry, this is going a little bit back to it's like, okay. you know, how we participate, but like one of the best things that people can ask, I think an emerging artist or someone that's like, thinking about going into the music industry or even just checking in with yourself yeah, all the time. It's like, what is success to you? Mm-hmm. Like what, what will make you happy pursuing this? Right. And the reason why I bring that up is because like, and I think you and I share this. It's like, what is going to make us happy mm-hmm. in the music industry is writing full length. Yeah. Songs. Yeah. Um, that we share. Mm-hmm in person live yeah. with audiences who care and we are getting to like share a piece of ourselves mm-hmm. and like connect with human beings mm-hmm. with full songs that we love and care about. And they do too. Yeah. Like to me, that is like my goal, my definition of like success. Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to play for people who love music. Yeah. And so all that goes to say is like, not to say people like on TikTok don't love music. Right. But it's, it's a like, different relationship with music. It's a different relationship with music. And it's a, like a lot of our audience, I don't think is even on there. And so all that goes to say, it's like, find your love, like find success. Like what yeah, does yeah, that mean yeah. to you? Yeah. Do you want to be and recalibrate like it every, couple, every yeah. couple of years? Check recalibrate yourself. And then what are the tools that I've been offered and how can I use them to get there? Yeah. And if I don't need this tool, if it's not going to serve that purpose, yeah. then maybe I don't need to be stressing out about it or, you know, just like, I think it's just like you constantly like have to like have like your mission statement mm-hmm. And then how you use TikTok or if you use TikTok or Instagram or whatever else has a guiding light of like, what is success to me and how are these tools going to get me there? And how does that change my relationship with them or even take some stress off of my relationship Mm -hmm. with them? Because actually eight seconds of a song going viral may or, you know, with this audience and this place may not actually serve my ultimate goal and happiness that I will have in music anyway. Yeah. And maybe it will. And that's great. And I hope that happens for you, but it's just like, I don't know. We just have to check in with ourselves. Like what is success? What's my goal? There was an, I don't remember his name. There was an Abilene musician not long ago. I saw a post about like, I'm probably just going to hang it up, you know, blah, 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 blah. Said some, he said something in his post, which this is just like a drummer in a cover band. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not like, (laughs) It's not like Paul McCartney's hanging out <laughs> yeah. anything up, you know. But he, he he basically in the post was like, you know, he said something about uh he he was like, you know, the end of my mediocre music career or whatever. And I just commented on it and I go, Everyone's career is mediocre compared to Garth Brooks. Yeah. Like, who are you comparing yourself to? Yeah. Literally like recite your scope yeah keep shooting though yeah but like re come on man like like if you've played every weekend in abilene and created joyful experiences for yeah. people then like that is not mediocre that is really amazing yeah it's you not know, it's like, not just that but it's like also, also realize that like if that if that's what you're doing real, yeah. realize that's what you're doing yeah and so it's it's not fair to yourself or others to compare that to garth brooks yes. or whatever it's yeah. not it's not it's not even fair if you're just doing that that's not fair to compare yourself to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing great compared to fucking Garth Brooks, but I'm not comparing myself to <laughs> yeah, Garth Brooks. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, you know? like I'm, com- I'm, I'm, I try not to compare at all. 
But when I do, I'm, I make sure like I'm doing it in a healthy way of like striving for excellence. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, my friend, I, I've had plenty of friends play the Ryman. Yeah. Okay. How do I get to play the Ryman? Yeah. That not, not I'm retiring from music because I can't go play the right. No, like, yeah. How do I get to put myself there? Yes. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if I ever will, but like that, that's, that is my goal to after recalibrating with myself as you should do every few years. That's what I came up with. Yeah. It's like, okay, I had, well, every time I check Facebook, one, another one of my friends is at the Ryman playing a show of their own, whether they're opening up or headlining or whatever. That's a magnificent thing to do. And I understand I'm not really participating in country music, but I want to do that. I mm-hmm. want to play on that stage. How do I make that a reality? Yeah. I don't know yet. You know? Well, it's like what we were talking about, like, start with your hook and then kind of go backwards yeah. or something. It's yeah. like, start, you know, okay. Yeah. How do yeah. you, you know, and then, like, yeah, work start, backwards. Yeah, start with the like, goal and work yeah. backwards. But, but, like, make it something that's, like, borderline attainable. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. I don't, it's not too far fetched to say, I will play at the rhyme. I couldn't have said that 10 years ago. That would have, I had, I had to go through this other 10 years of shit of, yeah. go, of going maybe like, and it's like, I, I'm always shooting a little farther than I can reach, yeah. but like once I get close enough to that and thing, yeah, let's re, let's recalibrate, yeah. you know, yeah. but like, you know, I don't know when I was a kid, I was in cover bands in Abilene when I was a kid and then i I joined like an original music band that was actually touring and I recalibrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because before then it was like, that was too far Yeah. of a thought when I'm just like a teenager playing these bars in Abilene with my little cover band. Yeah. Being an original, original. artist yeah. really touring, that seems too far fetched. Yeah. And then that became a thing. Was, then that became my life. I was yeah. like, okay, Maybe one day I'd like to make my own records. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a yeah. thing now. It's just like it was all they were it was never like one step away. Yeah. It was five, ten, fifteen steps away. Yeah. But I could see it somewhere in the distance, you know. And um, I think that's like a it's interesting that we're really talking about this because it is a I think it's important to do exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But also I do think that there is a struggle with people that do have like the goals and the future forward thinking mm-hmm. to like also appreciate the moment now you know I, did, yeah. I really struggle with that yeah because people sometimes will be like you know like the kessler show mm-hmm. like that was a beautiful night yes i woke up the next morning being like the net what's next you yeah, know yeah oh my gosh and me too and, and all i wanted the two nights before i woke up like that all i wanted was to play at the kessler yeah and then yeah you wake up the next day and and then it, it's just like, okay, now, and I'm, and I'm just, I'm being honest with that because it's like, that yeah. was it. Like I sat there at soundcheck and I looked at every spot I've sat so in for like did. 10 years yeah. from like the back to the back to the front. Like I like pictured myself watching all my favorite artists, like in that room and yes. I'm sitting there doing soundcheck, like, oh my gosh. And yeah. I maybe like had my moment, but also to like, I don't know, to like stay also just to stay like grateful for like what's mm-hmm. been, but also keep the keep the momentum like, hey, like what's the next goal? Because like, how are, so, are we supposed to like grow? But I don't know. I just I like I struggle with the like being present and mm-hmm. grateful and celebrating the victories with the OK, what's what's Dur- next during your performance at the Kessler? Were you able to be present or were you did you black out and just go into muscle memory and perform? I took that in. 
I took that in. That's so good. It was really good. I, I, I knew that we had a great set. I knew like leading up, I knew the set that we had prepared yeah. was great. Yeah. I knew that it was appropriate for the Kessler and I knew if I could fucking nail this thing that we've been working on, yeah. it would be great. Yeah. And so I truly did like, we got a standing ovation at That's the awesome. end of our set. Yeah. I didn't even really see it. Mm. I was looking out. Yeah. And I, thankfully there's video. Yeah. And, and uh, thankfully there's like proof of that happening. Yeah. Cause like, I don't really have that memory. Yeah. Because I was so like, don't stutter. Don't yeah. get up there and fucking own it and yeah. do this and hit this and make sure and remember that punchline that worked two weeks ago Yeah, and tell this story before this song and bop, 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 bop. Don't play. Don't go over because we're opening up for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I I checked all those boxes. Yeah. But I, I, it was like blacking out and just like yeah. doing it, going to work and doing it. Yeah. And I, I wish I would have just taken a few moments during that set. No, I mean, I'll, I'll be back at the Kessler. But like, that was my first time. Yeah. And I, I wish I would have taken a few moments because I just, it was my North Star. Yeah. Of shows yeah. for probably two or three years you know it's so funny though it's like you say that but of like being so attuned and like being professional you know doing whatever everything. and it's funny because i did play at the kessler this was at an, a show a couple and i'm not trying to be like oh, well the other kessler the show. next but kessler. you know the other little they last gave me one. a residency but i did <laughs> But I did have a moment in the middle of a song where I did get like lost in like thinking about how cool it was. Yeah. And like I seriously I I messed it up. Yeah. Yeah, you like forget a line or something. I forgot like I like for I like had to stop and I was like, y'all and I just owned it. I yeah. literally was like, Y'all yeah. I the, just had what a else moment. Would you do? Like I was like, I just had a moment where I was thinking about how I w- like dreamed of playing here. That's for, special forever. to them. Yeah. And I just like I forgot the word because I literally was so lost in like being here with y'all. Yeah, and like, could you and imagine I, if like Andrew from uh, Mandolin Orange, like yeah. they play there, they when they when they were Mandolin Orange, they'd play there all the time. Could you imagine if like that happened during yeah. his set? You'd be like, this guy's cool as shit. <laughs> he just fucking stopped the whole thing just to be real with us, you know? Well, what else are you gonna do? You yeah. know, like when you like forget a line, you gotta but, own it, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can think about it last minute, maybe you can just laugh it off and look yeah. at somebody. But like, yeah, oh, no, I mean, it's like, you, in why other not times, own it? yeah, in other times, like it's like a you know, draw out the next syllable, whatever. But this was like a very clear, like, like my mind was in another place. That's, it was in a good place, but yeah. I like had to be honest about I'm it. I'm honestly glad. Yeah. I'm glad you had that moment, <laughs> and I'm glad you like you the the fact that you like brought actually like leaned into it like everyone got to have that moment with you yeah because someone know? did like a review of the article and that was like part of the article <laughs> which i was like okay great you know that's fine but it was like a, you know she just was like she had a moment where she shared with the audience yeah, you know like how much this meant her i was like okay what an but artist. that's so but i think that's so indicative of mm-hmm. like whether it is like you sitting there mm-hmm. like sharing your diary it's like that is to me like the human connection that like we all need and want so much yes and that's why that, you go like, see like resonates music, with people that yes connection. yes like i didn't go and, to actually like yeah. just feel like i was listening to the cd like i right. went to see garrett playing this song to tell yeah. me the story behind it or yeah. maybe you know mess up a word and like tell us yeah yeah you know i tried 
the dude that owns this place, his brother just called me. <laughs> Don't need to talk to him. That was the, I was in a band for a long time called Callahan Divide. Did you ever listen to that band? I don't know if I did. It was like, we were like on the Texas country type kind of oh, circuit. Oh, cool, yeah. And uh, the owner of this place is Travis. His brother's name's Colton. And that's the band I was talking about that like, I was a kid in a cover band. Mm-hmm. And then they they gave me a gig to be in their band. Yeah. They, were, they were already like a couple albums deep, van trailer, yeah. rehearsal halls, you know, tour schedules, stuff like that. And like, uh, that that grew i just i joined that band just to be like a bass player and then it grew into like me kind of fronting as well as this dude that's calling me yeah uh he's on one of these episodes too but anyway gosh do you have anything you want to plug Ooh, just that i'm coming out with new singles so i mean i sat on the idea i guess of like releasing an album and it's and I played it for you. Yeah, you know, that was I like love it. Months ago, it's. it's I, was, I think I told you when you showed it to me. It's my favorite stuff you've done so far. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. But I just like I kind of shot for the moon as far as like PR companies or a record label, and it is just kind of interesting. Like people are like, I can't take on an album right now, or just like you know, I shot for like the top tier. Yeah. But even kind of thinking like, what about the fuck, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had these like cool people that I had like met along the way. Yeah. And so, but all that goes to say is, like, I was, it just, it's not working for, like, the people to take on an album, in my particular case. Yeah. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to release single by single, and what I did, and anyone should take this idea, I could show you the picture, people listening can also just visualize, but, like, I have all my songs written out, and then I made a big grid, and for every song... I have one column for like, okay, date it's going to be released. Duh. Second column is like, is there an event? Is there a love that like, a party? Is there a show where this can be like the splash when it's released? Next column. What is, what are all of the stupid weird ideas that we can do on Instagram to like promote this? Mm-hmm. Like my next song is called looking for someone and it's about like meeting someone in a bar. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do like lyrics in the wild and I'm going to go out and I'm going to see if that song lyric works to like pick up guy. I mean, yeah. you know, like be like, go to a bar, hit and mic. Like, Hey, What's I've been looking for someone. Oh shit. Have I been looking for you? Oh, that's a And good. like seeing if it works good... and then like getting someone, you know, like I'm going to get a guy to like come along with it. And then yeah. like, it could totally crash and burn. It could also like work, the but thing like is, if it crashes, the thing it'll work regard. Like if yeah. it works, it works. And yeah. If it crashes and burns, it kind of works double time. Yeah, it's like if oh, it's I caught. just got like funny content. So yeah. it's like okay, next like com- like man on the street, like social media content for yeah. this. Next brand partnerships. Yeah, who are like brands that would come behind this song or like a cowboy boot that I could wear in this video? Right. Like, I what next would be like? Um, is there? a like live take that I could release of this is there a acoustic version is there mm-hmm. a different you know like basically just like every song and making a big grid of like 10 columns how far are they spaced in releasing I'm gonna do eight weeks that's yeah that's so I'm gonna do like one song and then but so eight weeks of focusing on one song but the fourth week there's gonna be like a music video or a live take or like a different kind of like piece of content that complements the release can like the as far as like the celebration of like the release day or whatever like is that 
Is that going to be something different basically every time? Is it always centered around a performance? It kind of depends. And some of it's happened organically, like the looking for someone song. I have a full band show at a really cool bar in Dallas. Perfect. So it's perfect. Yeah. And I'm going to do a singles party for all the single people in Dallas to for like our all single, me. Brand yeah. new sing- brand I know. The single, single release. It's a single release dot 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 for singles. Can, yeah. Like and on it's stage. Gonna be... On stage. Like if you could point out some single people. No, like, what I'm like going to do. We, we have a brand new single. This bitch is brand new single. Yeah. This guy's brand new single. Y'all should meet. But like, I mean, I grew up in church. So it's like the greeting of peace. So like, I'm going to basically be like, <laughs> Pass everyone the meet. Plate. Yeah. Like in, in this chorus, go up to someone meet and your meet neighbor. them. Yeah. And then oh. when we sing another chorus, you have to find someone new. Like, I, I am just going to like that. own it, make it basically like a singles mixer. Go shake a hand of someone yeah. you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Get their phone make number and hook up in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not responsible for anything that happens after the meeting. No, don't you know, come, yeah, that's don't, on you. Don't, don't call come, me about. Yeah, don't come to Sarah for child support. Yeah, not live. <laughs> yeah, no checks will be written after tonight. Uh-huh. But so like just but fun ideas like that, yeah. and then because I have a couple of live shows lined up, I kind of strategically put that mm-hmm. out there. But also like if I'm gonna do a live show like that, like. I'm going to get a videographer to come because yeah. so then it can be like spread out to the rest of the world and not just Dallas. So, right. I mean, I just, that's, that's what I feel like will work for me. And then if PR companies want to jump aboard this kind of bigger story of what mm. I'm doing of like very creative single releases, yeah. like I kind of want to, it's like my theme is like, let's give them something to talk about. Cause like, Every PR company, every record label, every newspaper is like gonna be presented with like a Sarah Johnson just came out with a new song. Yeah, and that's yeah, a and really they, hard story. All of them, yeah. all of them need the story. Yeah, but like, what's, what's the, story? the story? Okay, Sarah's throwing a party for like every single person in Dallas. You should come. Or okay, like I have a song about my grandfather that I wrote when he was in the depths of like alcoholism to go to like another thing. Yes, so we're maybe gonna, we like, won't celebrate that one at a bar. Well, but yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that one will not take place at a bar, but oh. like we were thinking about like, okay, I have, I volunteered at Salvation Army for there a really long time or like Al-Anon, like who, you know, just what is something like where that song could resonate with them mm. where I'm going to maybe like do a fundraising campaign for them. Like what is a bigger story that I can tell with yeah. each song yeah. that makes it like worthy to talk about? I'd that's like not just like that another. Sure. Yeah. I mean, any and everyone, I would love them to be. I don't a know part. what I would do, but like, I, I want to be there. No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And so just, I, I think that's where music is going these days personally for me mm-hmm. is just like that artists have to take as much ownership over their marketing mm-hmm. as they do the writing unless you have a label unless you have a whole team behind you but that's becoming rarer and rarer yeah also we just have more tools like yes i can go shoot this right now and not to like dismiss amazing videographers you know great talents that they uniquely can do but you know there is like Things that we are equipped to do that anyone can do where we don't always have to have a team right, right. that can add to the story of like your marketing that, you know, if you don't do it, no one else actually will. I don't I don't want to draw a line in the sand of like dudes and chicks. Yeah. But almost every artist that I'm friends with uh, that happens to be a female. Yeah. They're, they're like, I could just do. All. And it's like to the level of like it's too much for them to do sometimes no i totally do you agree. ever do you, yes. do you do that to yourself sometimes yes, like, all the time that's like, why I, I'm like i learning. could just yeah you like have this concept for a video yeah and, and it starts with like a selfie stick it's exactly fine. it's like yeah. it's like i'll just film it and edit it and <laughs> yes send it to pr and you know it's like it's oh like, i definitely do that yeah. i'm learning i'm learning like i just got a high schooler to come and like she came to my kessler show cool 
and for 14 bucks an hour, she got all my TikTok stuff. There you go. And, and I was who, like, who else better than no, her? It was like a little 15 year old. Probably like the best TikTok content yes. you could like have. And like, I'm not sitting there. Gage, we got to hire a 14 year old girl to do some TikTok shit. No, for sure. Like, I'm not sitting there in my Kessler show worrying about all the content I'm going to get. Like, I just, you know. Right, right, right. Like, so yes, I I agree with you because, Garrett, I do that so much where I'm like, I mean, I still have to edit my own music video because I was like, I'll just pay you to film it. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I said, I know what I like. Yeah, I can edit it. It's fine. And now I'm like, and the the editor's like, if you just tell me what you like, (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to really know. I would definitely say, like, and no, I mean it's fine if we say women. We always like want to do it all, and we're independent. And we can like yeah. do it, and then we get buried, and then we have to like ask for help. So I'm trying to be better at that. Oh, that's okay. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. No, you're this one. Just fun. We we don't get to kick it enough. You're one of my favorite friends for sure. I feel very mutual in that. Yeah, thank you. Thank I, you. I I want you to do another mixer. In Dallas, because I want to meet more of your cool friends. Yes, we'll do a, another musician friends givings. Perfect. And maybe I'll take the sing well, whatever know, the mixers around. Mm-hmm. You know all of that. We'll just keep them going in different cities. That would be, be fun cool. too. But thank you for having thank me. Thank you anytime. Thanks, you bet. <laughs>